0: Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries, and today it's just me and Kev. Kev, how's it going? It's good, man. How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, good. Life is good. The sun's back out in California. We've had a bit of rain. Now it's back out, so I mean, can't complain.
1: Cannot complain. Makes me uh, very happy. It's
0: back good. in the shorts and t-shirts. So today's episode is on business, the fitness business and we want to give everyone who's listening or watching if you're watching this on youtube or on facebook live some advice and some uh, tips and hints about how we've had our success through business and we've been going now for just over five years i think
1: six years if you include the bluffs yeah six yeah, years, yeah.
0: Six, no it's five years i think five or six years anyway Always five get, like, or six years <laughs> uh, See, we don't even know. Six years in the business, and yeah. you know, I was thinking, I was thinking about this podcast just earlier on about But what we're going to see in writing a few notes down, and I, I didn't know which way this is going to go. Because when I sometimes when I think about it, I get emotional, you know, because it's been <laughs> it's been like a bit of a roller coaster. But like just from where we're from to to where we are right now, it has been. Uh, emo- would yeah. you say emotional?
1: I think that's a good way to put it. Emotional, yeah. It's been a fun ride, and you know, I think it's for us. It's always. It's always humbling and, and uh, inspiring um, to, to take a look and take a step back and take a look at where we are. You know, we get so caught up in the, the hustle bustle of every day. We, a lot of times I think we forget to take a step back and look at how far right. we've come and where we've gone. So yeah, when you, when you do that, when you, when you are able to do those things, then yes, it becomes yeah. a very emotional thing. Like a, a lot's like, change,
0: not just in the gym and our personal lives as well. Yeah. Like a lot, we, we, we're kind of like Brothers, like Kev's like me, American brother. Yeah. We argue like man and wife sometimes, even though, you know, but, we, but it's going well.
1: We are married. And, I don't know how Sarah feels about it.
0: <laughs> and I remember when we first met in a gym. So I was retiring from boxing and Kev was managing a boxing program in another gym and I went in there and Kev was working his ass off and like there was a lot of trainers there and, and Kev was running the program. And he just had, had his shit on like lockdown. I was like, well, this, this guy's cool as fuck. <laughs> and then... I, from there you start giving me clients mm-hmm. and a trainer who had no really experience I know never really knew anyone and all you knew, knew about me really I, I was a former boxer Correct. and all I knew about you was you, you were a personal trainer so we never knew much about each other Kentucky, but, boy, yeah. Kentucky boy and then you start giving me clients which I was like wow this why, why is he doing this and it just because you like a real nice person and I think that was like the start of our our relationship when you start giving me money yeah you know
1: yeah yeah I'd say I, well I mean I saw that you cared like similar to I, the way I cared and you know in that in that gym in particular that it was a kind of a hard thing to come by and so knowing when you came in there that that's that you you really cared about what you know what you're about to be doing I was excited to see that and it was a, a very welcoming thing for me so. yeah and
0: so in the in the fitness industry, like you'd you think, like all personal trainers were passionate, but I would say there's a very small percentage of the trainers that were passionate, yeah. and that showed in yeah. in that job that we were at. Like there, there wasn't really many there were, yeah. who were passionate about helping people and about about fitness, uh, and that's I can't think why why we got on so well. So after we left that gym for a, f- a few reasons, which was the best thing ever, we went down to Santa Monica Bluffs and we started doing boot camps for donations only, uh, and rather than Charge people. Why did we do donations only? Can you remember?
1: Uh, well, I think we just wanted to see, uh, you know, if if we had something good and if people um, would would come. You know, I think yeah. we were just again being humble and, and understanding that what we what we were doing was something new and. We were on the bluffs and we didn't have a gym, we didn't necessarily have a space, even though training on the bluffs was pretty unique experience, you know, we we just wanted to make sure that people were enjoying it and that, you know, we had something good.
0: And we did and people loved it and the the common so we weren't making much money at all, right? But we were right. we were obviously making enough just to survive, bare minimum to survive. And then the boot camp got busier and busier. Then we opened Our first location, where we are right now, this is Box and Burn, Santa Monica. Uh, Obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can't see the full gym, but there's pictures everywhere of it. And this was an empty warehouse. It was nothing in apart from me, Kev, a few med balls. We had some mitts. Some
1: roaches and and mice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Some uh, insects. And then and then from working hard then we start charging when people come in and then working hard and working our asses off and I've said the the, the story before when we were in here at like 10, 11pm Kev was washing this full floor with a big sweeping bush and water I was in the bathroom hands and knees scrubbing the bathroom floor but we didn't care because we loved it and when you're opening your own business that's the sort of stuff you've got to do right?
1: That's your baby it is your baby
0: so you really want to just work and, and do it and love doing it, yeah. especially when it's when it's your own. And then from there we grew everything. We um, so a step back, so we invested money into the into the location. It was like twenty five thousand dollars. We paid for the first month's rent, paid some for some mirrors and uh, insurance and a few other little things. But if you're opening a gym, twenty five thousand dollars is not a lot. It's not right.
1: Not, I think we're very fortunate for that, and I know a lot of gyms when you. Most gyms start out, they start out and spend so much money just to get the, right. the space up to up to par and looking good and, and getting all the equipment in, where, whereas we didn't have to do that. We kind of just, we started with what we had and we, we reinvested the money as right. we made it. And that, that was so, so beneficial to us. Right,
0: yeah, you've just hit the needle on the head there. People open gyms and they think, oh, they look at prices for things. Oh, I, yeah. we need a treadmill. Whoa, treadmills, four grand. Oh, we need a stairmaster. What? Eight grand. Oh, yeah. we need, like... No, 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 no. You it. need you yeah. working hard, your product. I mean, we were talking boxing here, but even if it's a other gym, you can get... Before we even had the gym, we were down the, the bluffs. Yeah. We we bought. I bought a, a kettlebell, yeah. a, a jump rope.
1: <laughs> a few med balls and uh, yeah, a few kettlebells and dumbbells.
0: We didn't need much and that's yeah. all we did when we moved in here. So you, if you open in a gym, you do not need all of this fancy stuff. Yeah, it's nice, but you don't need it.
1: Yeah. No, I think the people, especially in this industry or any service industry, I mean, sure it helps to have nice, aesthetically pleasing, you know, um, facilities. But in reality, what what makes the place is the people inside of it and the people that are that are providing that service. At the end of the day, that's that's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, and then yeah, you, totally, it, it comes down to people. And people, then yeah, they're not buying. They're not buying a treadmill. They're, they're buying the person who's going to teach them and, and the results that they get. So if you've got your shit down and you're doing it correctly they're going to come back
1: yeah absolutely
0: so the question uh would you recommend a trainer a personal trainer who's working at all the gym Mm -hmm. or working uh, down the bluffs Mm -hmm. to open his own location
1: well i think it really depends on the person i think we were talking about this a few minutes ago i know both of us even as children from a young age i mean i'm i'm talking like five six years old I know you've told me stories, but I was, I was always wanting to sell. I was always trying to make, make some money. I was, whether it was selling lemonade or uh, out on the street or, or making my own lawnmower business. Uh, I think I made little flyers. I was John Deere boy in the neighborhood. That was my name. That was my <laughs> selling business. Selling lemonade. Selling lemonade. So
0: selling lemonade, right, let's talk about this for a second. Because <laughs> I see all these American films and movies yeah,
1: yeah. that the kids are always it's selling lemonade. It's a real lemonade. thing. Yeah.
0: What's that about, like... <laughs>
1: Well, it's, how do you make lemonade? There, there's, a, there's a big profit margin there. How much does it make to, to make a uh, cup of uh, lemonade? Like, I've got no idea. Like two or three cents, maybe. You I could sell it. it for a quarter. There yeah. you go. That's a big markup right there. I would, I would just go out in our front yard. Um, I would, I, my mom and I would make a bunch of lemonade or take sodas out there, and people driving by would uh, would stop and, and get get some money. And I was, I had a little piggy bank. I always wanted to add to it. I always wanted to right. save money, and I knew, you know, I always wanted to buy things, but you know, my parents, you know, taught me from a young age, you know, if you want something, you got to earn it and you got to, you, you know, make the money and, and you can have it. So, uh, that was always in the back of my head. And even from, like I said, like the age of four and five to six, whether it was doing that or doing chores for the for my parents at the, at the house, you know, they'd give me a week, week's allowance, you know, whether it was $8, $10. I was always trying to add to that list. Well, how can I get another dollar? How can I get another right. $2? So for me personally, and I think for you, I know you've you talked, to, you said you were hustling candy in, in grade school. Yeah, right? I mean, when I was, uh, when
0: I was <laughs> pushing 11 candy. years old, I was selling sweets, sweet yeah. candy. Yeah. And I, I got to the point where I was making £70 a week, which is $100 a week. Which is like for, a, for an 11, 12 year old right. kid was great. great. And yeah. I got to the point where I had the teacher's like, no, you, you can't do it anymore. Yeah. Then I went from selling sweets to selling fags, cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> fags. <laughs> uh, we call them fags. <laughs> so I was selling cigarettes, and this, I was making a lot more money in right. school. It was like 20 pence, yeah. like about, I don't know, 15 cents a cigarette. Yeah. And I made good money doing that as well. But that was illegal and I got suspended from school. <laughs>
1: and, uh, I might have sold a few illegal things in my day or two. But.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, I went up uh, to fake clothes, to VHS videotapes. I'd be sure. knocking on doors, so i will be selling them. Yeah. I would be non-stop. And then yeah. training for the Olympics, I, I, I bought a catering trailer, burger van from mm-hmm. eBay. It was uh, £5,000, which I don't know, in dollars. And then... I was doing that every weekend. I mean, can you, yeah. me, flip my bird? I love it, though.
1: There was, a, on my, my little highway near my, my home, the, the, I remember there was a hot dog stand out there for sale, and I wanted to buy it so bad, but I didn't <laughs> have the money, I never could, so I'm quite jealous of that. But yeah, but, but I think, I mean, go back to your question, I think entrepreneurship and, and business ownership, uh, ownership for us was kind of in our blood and ha- kind of always has been. Right. So if you're that kind of a person, if you are a trainer, and you are really more so into the, the business side of it, uh, then, yeah, for sure, go for it. Why not? You know, there's, there's so many different opportunities out there, and there's, you know, especially now where the fitness industry is, I think, you know, with the smaller boutique gyms, um, if you have a niche that can really, you know, be successful, and you think you got a good, great idea, then go for it. Yeah. But, again, it's not for everybody. It's, if you're a personal trainer and you just like the 9-to-5 grind uh, of, of having five or six clients and teaching a few client, uh, classes a day, and that's what that's what makes you happy then there's nothing wrong with that keep doing that but understand if you want to go into owning and opening a gym it's not a 9 to 5 it's a it's a 6 or 7 a.m. to you know 10 p.m. every day you can't you can't get away from your phone you can't get away from your computer there's no getting away from your emails um, especially initially you know you you have to grind it out so again it's not for everybody
0: yeah and i and i would say kind of like what you said if if you want to do it you're going to have to do it yeah. don't not do it, and then 10 years' time, regret not doing it. Right. Because I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. There's a, a survey that asked people who was on the dying bed the things, uh, what they wish they'd, they'd done in life, and it wasn't the things that they wish they'd done, it was the yeah. things that they wish... It wasn't the things that they'd done, it was the things that they'd never done that exactly. they regret. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> if, if you want to do it, do it, but... Mm-hmm. Like, realize, wow, it's not like it's. I'm shocked, even now, mm-hmm. four, uh, five years into it. I can't believe the things that we're we actually doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you would just think it was all right, rent a place, 10 grand a month, or whatever it might be. Uh, get clients in, post on Facebook, they want to come and say, All right, teach a class, the your money, see you later. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's what people think,
1: sure. And I think it's, I mean, that. It, again coming back to being hum- humbled you know it's if if you want to open a business and you think the business is just going to come to you and that it's just going to be an easy thing and uh then uh, chances are you're probably not going to be successful you got to work hard and like you say and i know you've you've t- talked about the story before you got you have to earn your luck you know you, you, luck yeah. doesn't just come to those who kind of sit back and 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 hope it comes you know it's those prayers aren't answered you have to you have to work hard you have to You have to get after it on on a daily basis in order to to earn that luck and to to earn your breaks.
0: So now let's say you've decided to open your own fitness industry or business. Do you need a business partner?
1: Uh well it depends. I mean it certainly helps, especially in our scenario, uh where we you know, our our assets balance each other's uh each other out so well. I think that was a hugely beneficial thing. You know, I don't, I I don't think either one of us could have done this without the other. I think that's, that's very much a big part of it. But if you, if you are an owner and you have the means, uh, you want to open a gym and you have the means to do it on your own. And you, you have people that you can hire contractually and make agreements with. And, you know, maybe not, but definitely in our, in our case, I think it was such a big uh, advantage that we had, you know, just because we, we balance each other out so, so well. And, you know, our our assets, what we have together as a team, I think is, is so big. Yeah, even
0: though we are very, very different in our yeah. ways and our methods, but yeah, the the rub off each other and mm-hmm. it works. It really does. I think it's a, do you need a business partner? I wouldn't say you do. It depends what you're going to do, right? Yeah. It depends yeah. what you're going to do. and what. And what yeah. But I'll tell you what, bloody hell, it helps. It <laughs> bloody helps, mate. If yeah. I never had Kev and I had to make these decisions on my own, it's, it's like a weight off my shoulders when I'm like, "What should we do? You know, I'll text Kev, What do you think?" And he says, oh, "All right, yeah, we'll do that." Then <laughs> you know, but yeah,
1: like, yeah. Two different. I mean, more, more. Than one, two heads is better than one. You know, yeah. just about all. And think about it too as well. With like, with your kids. I mean, if you had to raise your your girls on your own versus now you do have Sarah. You've right, got that yeah. partner. I think that that, it, and partnerships are tough. They say, you know, they teach you this in business school. Like, over ninety percent of all partnerships fail. You know. Uh, it's because partnerships are so tough it's just like it's it is a marriage you know yeah. so um, you have to be sure that you have the right person right. and and you have to be able to communicate and talk through things and, and there are going to be disputes there are going to be fights there, there's gonna how do be you know i'm times. the right person i just i just see it in your eyes man I just- <laughs> <laughs>
0: great answer
1: great answer um so an-
0: another thing what we kind of spoke about before like I've got a DNA to need do you need sleep and me and Glenn kind of went back and forth before like sure. when we were working like you've got us to do, make so many sacrifices mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing you sacrifice is time yep. you've got to put your, all your time and all your energy into your facility you can't be messing around on two or three days a week thinking, oh, now I'm a business owner. Mm-hmm. i can do what I want. No, you've got to be in here. You've got to be grafting. You've got to be grinding. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's not easy. And like I said yeah. before, there's so many different things, so many different things to owning a gym. Yeah. yeah. I can't even list them all off. There's that many. It's like, so people be thinking, oh, what? Oh, wait, give us some...
1: How, what was your question? How, so,
0: I mean, what, what different things is there to, 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 to do? Yeah, there's so many.
1: Well, I, the, the toughest is just, I think, people management, staff management. That's probably the hardest. Uh, you've got to market. You've got to do your financials and accounting. You've got to be on top of that, understand it, um, aware of it. Uh, you've got to... Um, know how to do community outreach and be present in your community. I think that's a big thing. Uh, you've got to know how to adjust and, and um, move with the times. And, and y- you know, you can't just say, okay, we've got something, we're going to stick with it. Very rarely does that work. Right. You always have to know how to adjust. You have to be flexible and you have to be able to make decisions on the fly. Uh, I mean, you've got to be able to, uh, you've got to be able to mentor with, with some, some trainers. You've got to be able to, you fire! You got to know how to say no. You got to know uh, how to be brutally honest with people. How to how to communicate? Uh, you got to know how to accept failure. I mean, there's there's so many things, uh, and, and you know, neither one of us were experts on any of that stuff coming in, but we were humble and we we just learned from our mistakes, right. and, and uh, we learned as we went. And even
0: all of that stuff that he's just said there, it's loads, and he could break that down into individually. you could break that down into like ten things for each one them. Mm-hmm he never even mentioned how you got to get people in the door, yeah. right? Because if you're not getting anyone in the door, you're not making anything, yeah. and your gym's going to close down. So, yeah. that's another thing what takes so much time and energy and, and yeah. methods to do that.
1: Yeah, right. It is. It is, especially as you as you get bigger. You know, for us, I know from the beginning, that organic growth and that word of mouth was so big for us. Right. Uh, our our biggest efforts were in providing a unique and a, incredible experience that nobody else is going to find at any other gym by doing that you know and we took care of our people there's a quote um from a, a book that i read uh is, you know you take care of your people and, and, and the rest will take care of itself right. because we provided such a good service and, and we really went above and beyond taking care of our people not just our employees but our members and our, our client base that they were more than happy to go out and, and to bring their friends and their people in because they they wanted them to have that experience as yeah. well yeah
0: and Another thing, like what we've, like staff is everything. I think one yep. problem that I was having was I was expecting to get passion out of staff the way mm-hmm. me and Kev's passionate, and it's yep. it's so hard to, to get that. And you've got yep. to really accept that no one's going to give your business a yep. 10 out of 10 right. like we give it. Right. No one. If yep. you can get a nine, amazing. We've got sure. a couple of them. We, eight, yep. fantastic. If you can get it, someone who's giving seven out of 10, you're doing well I mean below that it's like go, yeah. go somewhere else but like <laughs> I think m- most people would be like on their in their jobs people don't like the jobs you and we tell all the trainers all the time mm-hmm. and all the staff all the time if you do not want to be here we we'll love you but please yeah. leave because yeah. that's the big thing with the Box and Burn business is we want everyone to enjoy it everyone to enjoy being here and we've got like Kerry and Glenn and Stephen and she—I mean, I was so many yeah, <laughs> If I start listing them I don't want to miss someone, yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to ignore this. But
1: Hold on, let's, let's pull up all the names. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, we've got like 20 trainers here now, and we and we tell them all the time, if, love it, and uh, and and you'll enjoy your life more because. If you don't love what you're doing, it's like, like I say, it's time to do something else. Right? Sure. Yeah.
1: And uh, are you? And that's. I mean, you got to clear that up too. and Are you going to love every single day? Is every single minute of every hour going to be great? No. But at the end of the day, do the do the positives outweigh the negatives? And are you happy? Are you content when you go home? Are you, you know, feel like you're you're satisfied and fulfilled? I think that's such yeah. a big thing.
0: I love it that much. Right. I know. Like, like I said, we we give it a 10s. <laughs> it was my birthday last week, and yeah. my wife took us to a spa and all that. And she was like, All right, you can do anything you want. It's, it's we're all back at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Anything you want, Tony, anything you want, we'll do it. Honestly, I can do anything I want. She went, I want. I want to go to work. Said, really? <laughs> you can have your day off. You and switch on. Nah, I'm dying to put, turn my phone on. I'm dying to get back to work. And she said, All right, but she understands what I'm like. And I come out of work, and I was so happy. I love being here all the time. And mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, if you open your own business, that's the sort of mentality that I think you need to have. You want to be there and you want to be progressing all the time. Mm-hmm. So coming down to hiring people, that's massive. You've got to hire the right people, you, yes. which is a, another massive task in itself. We've interviewed hundreds of people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, definitely over 100 people uh, in the last year. Yeah. And we learn and that. That's a process in itself as well.
1: It is a skill, and it takes practice, and it takes patience, and uh, you don't always make the right decision, um, but, you know, how do you handle that is, is I think, what what is the more important thing, but it is very difficult. It is a skill that unless you, at some point in your career, were a supervisor or manager somewhere else, you probably have no experience, which, you know, neither one of us really had that, so... Uh, it's been, a, a again, I keep saying the word humbling experience, but it really has been, uh, but again, you just got to know how to learn from your mistakes and, and understand, um, you know, what, what things to look for and, and, uh, more than anything, how to really read a person and does the person necessarily have to be the best trainer from day one? No, but what do we look for? We look for more passion and I think integrity and, and, um, commitment to, to getting better and always furthering their education as well as just pride in their work. I think that's, yeah, yeah. that's the biggest thing for us. Uh, Another
0: so. method that we've, we've just started to do, because like Kev said, we're learning all the time, yeah. is make every trainer or desk girl or anyone who we hire before they even start is to come and do classes. Mm-hmm. We want them to understand what we do here before we even interview them. And I think that's big for us, right?
1: It's huge, yeah, and I think it, it it makes that person that's applying for the job make that initial step uh, to show that they're committed to wanting to work here. Uh, I mean, we get we get you know twenty, thirty resumes a day now through through the different platforms we use, and people are dying to work here. But you know, if we ask you to do something, if we give you some task, and you take that initiative to do it, you know, you're going to weed out all the other people that right. you know you might waste your time on. And as a business owner, you have to be uh, able to work efficiently and effectively, and by bringing in 30 different people, without you know them doing some taking some sort of initiative to to, uh, to interview them, you know it's just a waste of time. So by making them take that that initial step, that that helps us a lot. I think it's been very yeah, beneficial. So
0: that's a great tip for for everyone as well. Use them. What we do as well, we tell them when you're in the class, we want you to see if you spot anything that we can change to make better and mm-hmm. tell us that in the interview mm-hmm. and now what we've got we've got spies <laughs> or, if you like yeah, or, or, yeah. or people uh, who, who's going to do some extra work for us so we can get some feedback yep. and then they come in and like he's just said there you don't want to be sitting there all day interviewing people which we've done we've interviewed like 14, mm-hmm. 15 people in one day before and it's That's a exhausting. long bloody day <laughs> exhausting. it's exhausting we hired Emma our admin girl One mm-hmm. one time she came in we had 10 interviews that day. She was the first one that came in yep. and she was amazing. One of the best interviews we've ever had. And then <laughs> yeah. we had like another 10 interviews after us. We were sitting there all day like, Oh no. This like, is this
1: almost over yet? Can Hello? we cancel these? Cause we
0: kind of we knew straight away that, <laughs> yeah. she, that she was the one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the other thing also before, I think a big thing for us and when we're, when we're kind of sifting through resumes, uh, Send a cover letter if you're looking for a job. Send a cover letter and show that you know something about the business and yeah. that you care and uh, to take that step. Because if you don't, uh, unless someone's just literally hiring someone to work behind the behind the scenes doing just the worst tasks imaginable, send a cover level, uh, cover letter and 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 show that the owners or the person that you're going to be interviewing with really care yeah and
0: then when you go to the interview make sure you know
1: yeah about the business exactly because yeah. we've
0: had people in there uh what do you know about the business and like uh, uh not not much <laughs> well yes. i looked
1: at your twitter and <laughs> i saw that you had connor uh, uh,
0: yeah not, i seen uh, Connor of, in here. <laughs> uh, and i mean a huge thing is you, w- opening your own business you've got like we've just said you got to work hard you got to be nice be nice to everyone mm-hmm. is the customer always right what would you see there kev because
1: i mean we 've got well for the customers watching yes, but <laughs> if you 're not watching then no it 's tough it 's very tough i think customer customer service customer service is absolutely one of the most challenging and difficult things because especially in a business like ours where you know we are the owners and we have a personal relationship that with everybody that walks into the door uh, you don 't want to get in those little disputes and arguments with those people because those are the people that are out there spreading the word and Right. Uh, telling the community about the you know your gym or your your facility your business and and so no you don't want to get in those disputes so at the end of the day for the most part yeah you got to give the customers the benefit of the doubt and let them kind of kind of win the battles or find find subtle ways to I don't know how, how much how revealing we want to be here <laughs>
0: I think this is one of, this is one of my strong points and yeah. Kev I mean he deals more with the the email side of things and he see he sees it on emails and it gets more frustrating for him than. When I see people in person and all that, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'd like believe, like, yeah, the, I mean, the customers are always right to a certain extent where they, we want them to be happy. Yeah. And we fare with everyone. So that's the yeah. thing. If yeah. you're you fair with everyone, mm-hmm. you know, unless they start trying to take the piss, mm-hmm. which, I mean, we've had occasionally, uh, you're not going to get that many complaints, which we don't. Yeah. Which we which we lucky we don't. Exactly. And another thing what we tell our trainers is to keep educating yourself, keep mm-hmm. getting better at being a trainer. We tell... I mean, no, we don't tell. We, we we do it each other ourselves. We always go to different seminars to listen to uh, people speak and and things like that, and that's what really helped us as well as as yeah. businessmen as gym owners. Yeah. I really recommend that highly if you can find somewhere to go where they're talking about that thing.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you can whatever it is you do, whatever business you have, or whatever occupation you're in, you can never stop learning. And the second you stop learning, is is kind of the second you kind of start to go downhill. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, about customer service reminds me of a quote that I was reading because, you know, customer service was such a tough thing for me because, uh, w- you know, we as business owners take such high pride in what we do and, and the business that we have that when someone has a complaint, it's, it's hard for me to hear almost. And I almost take it, I take it to heart a little too much rather than maybe just saying, okay, what, what can we do better here? How can we make things better? And that's, that's where I had to really... Um, Adjust my attitude and adjust the way I thought about it. But again, take care of your people, and, and the rest will take care of itself. And that—that that I think is ap- applicable to, to customer service more than anything.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like, learn names, like yeah. learn the customers' names and things like that, and give them the, the attention, giving them your time. Time's the most valuable thing in the world. If you're giving someone your time, they're going to respect that, and they're going to, yeah. uh, and they're going to enjoy you and your facility even better yeah so let's we're going to go to the questions we've got some questions on facebook uh uh so we got a, a question of uh of ricky how do you guys develop pricing is it about location
1: right sure Location's part of it i mean we are in santa monica and the the real estate pricing here has has just skyrocketed they call it silicon beach now yeah. let me get this. Uh, yeah i mean market uh, i 'm sorry uh location is definitely part of it, but you know what 's what 's the value in your service and, and you got to you have to have an understanding of of the industries uh and the, your competitors and what do they charge and where do you rate among among them as far as the service that you provide is it better is it is it you know on par or whatever and that 's a big telltale sign I think of what you can you can sell uh, or what you can sell things for as far as pricing goes
0: um, we kind of come into the business like that wasn't our number one concern. Like, no. like uh, making money wasn't our number one concern. Making enough money to, to pay the bills and... To keep the doors open, yeah. Keep the doors open, yeah. Not even to be comfortable, because we were doing that on our private training. Right. Uh, so, so we just wanted people there and wanted people to get a good service, which they are. And uh, yeah, it's worked. And another question here about how do you deal with no-shows? So this, no-shows, If now our classes are that busy where we were getting wait lists for every class Mm -hmm. we used to not if someone ever showed up we just not be bothered about it but now we've got to really uh charge them because that's a space that we could be selling to someone else
1: yeah it's it's money lost and that was i think that was a really difficult decision for us because we don't want again to to upset members and, and Uh, be more of a nuisance for them. At the end of the day, this should be a happy place and a a good place for them to come and to kind of get some release and and to feel good and to walk out of here feeling better than they did when they left. But, you know, you don't want to leave a bad taste in people's mouths. But when you explain the scenario to them and people understand and see the demand and they see the services that they're getting uh, and they understand that, you know, this gym or, you know, these classes or, you know, these these trainers that you're getting here really are world class and you're not going to find this experience anywhere else then, then they really do understand it yeah
0: definitely another question here what about competition what do you think about your competition uh, so <laughs> I'll, I'll start with this one so I used to be one who hated competition I used to think "Ah, oh, bastards trying to take me business but now after listening to different podcasts and educating myself even more now I love it because what happens is in our area we've got like Four or five boxing classes or gyms around mm-hmm. well, The way I think about it is now So these people are introducing boxing uh, th- These people These combination are introducing people to boxing mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And we're the best at boxing So what's going to happen? Our client the, the clients they're introducing to it Are going to go to them They're going to enjoy it Because mm-hmm. boxing is yeah. a great workout But then they're going to get sick of it Because the gym is not going to be as consistent as our place mm-hmm. And then what's going to happen, the clients are going to look for another boxing gym and they're going to find out, it's a boxing fitness gym. So it's all breeding uh, new clients for us and their, their marketing, what they're putting in their marketing, it's helping us. Sure. But as well, there's enough people around the sure. world or around where we are.
1: Especially in LA, yeah.
0: To have every single gym packed. So I really don't concentrate on what other people are doing. Yeah but concentrate on what we're doing, how we can improve, how we can make it better for the clients. I think that's huge for us.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. Is focus, I mean, you have to be aware of what's going on yeah. outside of your doors and what other people are doing. But the biggest thing for, of that, aside from what you've already mentioned, is about spreading awareness of boxing. Because we really were at the cusp, like the, 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 the very beginning of that, where boxing fitness really blew up. We were the first ones to do it. And it's, you know, people... Have noticed that and recognized that nationally even you know it's in men, it's in men's fitness it's in uh, what was the other one that i mean people people recognize us for that as as you know, kind of the trend setters and but uh outside of that competition keeps you accountable and it keeps you on your toes and it 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 holds you um, accountable to always making sure that you're not just content that you're always improving and always making things better and always striving to make the best uh, experience possible for your customers yeah
0: so we got another question here of our friend, Seth Gibson. Seth, Seth hope whatever. you're
1: enjoying this, mate. <laughs> what would you see as the Did biggest... Did we ever tell Seth he kind of looks like Ron Jeremy? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. <I> didn't. <laughs> You've just told him. <laughs> I love On you, man. The rest I, of the I love it, right man. Now. You're a legend, actually. <laughs> 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 I love it.
0: What would be the biggest set... What would you see... Say... Kev, you're a better reader than me. Read that,
1: mate. What would you say is the biggest setback or setbacks you guys have had to deal with and what are the best ways to avoid at least, or at least manage them uh, if and when they happen? So biggest setbacks, setback Setback
0: I think we've had a few I mean We had the setback Where we were About to get closed down Because yeah. we never had A business license That was huge for us mm-hmm. But we uh, worked on that and we networked and we found the best people because we opened the gym without the correct business license and they wanted to shut us down because other gyms around the area seen our success and they weren't happy. So rather than just let us be, they start complaining to the city, all that. We call them a grasses, we call them grasses where we're we from, they're called yeah. snitches in America. Yeah. So anyway, so we managed to get through that and that was a big, could have been a big setback, but other setbacks for me would have been when we've, and I don't know if Kev thinks differently on this, is where we've had trainers who we've put so much time into, so much energy into and helped them develop into trainers, they weren't even trainers to start, and then they leave and they're going work somewhere else at another gym or they're going to do their own thing or or whatever. That that kinda of, kicking kick in the balls to me. But like we said at the beginning of this podcast, if you need to go and open your own gym because you need it for your own mind, and then yeah, go and do it. Respect for you for that.
1: Yeah. Well, and we'll touch on this, I think, later uh, or next week's podcast. I think we're going to talk a bit about it. But uh, if you have a facility where people are able to come here and kind of breed and, and develop into people that are able to go and open their own business, I think that's a testament to you as a business owner, right. uh, as a As a platform for a business, because, again, you're breeding the best competition. Or, I'm sorry, the best, the best um, trainers out there. And if they eventually become... Um, if they eventually become competition, that's fine. Again, that just keeps you accountable and, and makes you, keeps you on your toes, and makes sure that you, you, you know, you're always striving to be better. But uh, yeah, where we were dealing with the city a bit on a business license uh, ordeal, and that was that was a nightmare for us. We were losing sleep, we were losing patience, and I think the biggest thing uh, for that is just to remain calm and understand that you know. Things are going to work out if, if you're freaking out and you're kind of always, you know, you're, you're kind of all over the place and you, you look stressed and you look like things are wrong, going wrong. And I've had my issues with that in the past. It's a matter of just staying calm and keeping a smile on your face and kind of waging through it, putting one foot in front of the other. And, and knowing at the end of the day, what you have is something special and it's always going to be that. And nobody can take that away from you even if they're trying to shut your doors, we knew we were going to get through it and we were going we to survive, and, and we did. So I think staying calm is, is a big, big thing and, and confident because if you, if you allow the stress and, and, the, um, and the, the little things that are just kind of eating away with you and keeping you from getting sleep to, to really show, then your staff notices, yeah. uh, your trainers notice, and then it starts to wear on them. So being able to remain calm and, and confident through those processes, even in the hard times, is such a big thing. Uh, the other, the, the other biggest, I think, um, probably problem we had was growing too fast, and that right. was a, that was a really tough thing. I mean, it's a, it's not a bad problem to have, but it's difficult, you the know. Best and, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a very good problem to have, but when you grow so fast, you know, all of a sudden you go from having five or six set trainers to needing to have sixteen or seventeen trainers. That's a tough thing because finding quality trainers and trainers that are very much uh, in line with your goals is a tough thing to find. And right. so that that was a huge thing for us. And again, just learning from our mistakes, staying calm, staying confident, understanding that we're going to get through it. I think that was the biggest the biggest uh, yeah. thing for us on that.
0: I think a big tip is as well for people is to be patient with everything. Like that was one of my biggest mistakes: wanting to rush and wanting to open that second location mm-hmm. within eighteen months of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, be patient with with everything, with be with your clients, with the complaints that come in, with uh, with the growth of your business, with the growth of, growth of your social media. With I think right now, because right this day and age, we can get everything instant. You can get a, a taxi, you can come pick you up. You can get food delivered. You can watch movies instantly. Mm-hmm. You can do everything you can get porn instantly that's, right. that's what kept <laughs> me. <laughs> you can do everything at a click of a fingers so people want a business to be booming instantly yeah. it's, it's not it takes time it takes patience it yep. takes hard work so just, just be patient and if your yeah. product's good which I'm sure it will be you listen to this podcast you want to grow as a trainer you, want to, you obviously want to get something from it I think that would be one of the biggest things for me is to take your time with it and, and grow
1: yeah, I agree. Patience is everything. Patience is everything.
0: Uh, so, anything else, Kev?
1: Let's see. Let me look my Any questions
0: on this? If you've got any questions on the Facebook, you can please fire away. We can answer the questions.
1: I think a big thing for me, and I was always reading about this, is because it's hard for me. I, I want to I be a nice person. I want to try to help everybody I can. But as a business owner, uh, you have to know how to say no. Um, and that, that was a big lesson for me and, and something that... Uh, I'm still working on, but you have to know how to say no. You can't say you can't be a yes man on everything, uh, because you only have so much time in a day, and and you know, especially us as males, you know, we can't we can't multitask so much. We have to we we have to be able to to dial in and focus on those two or three things that we're trying to get done and get done. So if you've got you know ten different people coming at you at all times a day asking you for things, you have to know know how to say no or at least delay it and say, okay, I, I you know. If it's a if it's a staff problem or, or your trainer has an issue, you say, okay, I understand, and I respect that. Let's talk about this and, and give a day and time. that would be a better time to deal with it because if you don't, if you don't, if you if you're always trying to say yes and always trying to please everybody at every second of every day, you know, it's it's going to be a really difficult yeah. thing. I think that's a huge thing for me.
0: Keith Wilson told us as well, which I think was a great piece of advice. Keith is a Box and Burn certified trainer. Keith. Uh, hes uh old's Keith he 's a legend uh, yeah. sixty four do you say i think he's yeah he's very experienced anyway he told us like if you 've got to get get rid of the baggage basically yeah if you 've got someone there who's not pulling the weight and the and you've got to fire them mm-hmm. it doesn 't matter if you love them or what, mm-hmm. get rid of them because they're just going to breed more hate or more negativity around your other staff yeah. you just need to let them go and i and I feel like we've learned a lot from from that and a lot of ourselves from uh over time, about the trainers that we have at Alaco, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's been uh, it's been big for us. And then once we've let these trainers go, we've seen a big step up in the other trainers.
1: Yeah, well, you invest so much time and energy and resources into somebody, and you you generally care about them as a person. You really do. They are your friends, and, and you know they you you have this this emotional uh, relationship with them because they were with you through you know yeah. the grind of a lot of this stuff. It's so hard to to say okay. You know, I'm sorry this isn't working. You want, to, you want to give them every chance that you possibly can. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, you, you have to understand and, and make the decision that is best for the business long term.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to the Boxing Life podcast. This is a weekly podcast, if you did not know. So if you subscribe, listen to this on iTunes, subscribe, you get a notification once a week. Or you can subscribe on the Boxing Burn YouTube channel and see, us, see our pretty faces on there too. Uh, until next time I am Tony Jeffries this is Kevin Watson Thanks for and we'll guys. see you later